0: One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. We're starting a new series this morning called The Way, and I really wrestled in the last seven or eight minutes or so on whether or not we were even going to preach or just pray for people. But I really feel like it's a now word for a lot of people that are in the room. And so, um, to give you some context, uh, the early church didn't have buildings, didn't have sound systems, didn't have any money, any political influence, um, didn't have microphones, didn't have lights, didn't have any of the things that we kind of associate with the modern church. And um, the surrounding peoples didn't really know what to do with them. Um, they, didn't, they weren't called Christians yet until, they, until the church around a place called Antioch was formed. And so people just called them The Way. They knew that it was kind of a weird offshoot of Judaism. And that uh, they talked a lot about this man named Jesus um, that they knew historically had been killed uh, by the Romans, but really at the hands of the Jewish leaders, and that, there was, that, that this group of people, the Way, talked about this Jesus as being a king, and that he was going to return at some point um, and usher in a new kingdom. Um, and so they were called uh, the Way, and... In this series, um, we're really gonna kind of wrestle with um, what is the mandate of the Christian church and what, what is our mandate? Is it to win arguments? Yeah. No. The mandate of the church, it's, it's the great commission and the great commission is to make disciples. 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 Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, um, what is a disciple? What, what is a disciple? Um, that's what we're gonna unpack for the next probably couple months. Um, and it's gonna circle around these three main ideas, and I kinda want you to get them in your head, get them in your heart. It's to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus, and to do what Jesus does. Can we say that together one time? Because it'll be fun. To be with Jesus to be like Jesus, and to do what Jesus does. That's the way. So um, if, if you, maybe you came and you're in Alpha on Wednesday night and you have questions, I love that you're here. I'm thrilled that you're here. This, this series is really gonna answer um, a lot of questions, and it's gonna bring clarity for those of us that um, are part of the way. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Um, the title of my message today is The Way of Rest. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for the incredible way that you're here. I, I don't really know how to preach through that, God, so would you just help me, overshadow me right now, God. Would you, um, would you speak in a way that would change everything, God, for us, and I thank you, Lord, that, you're, that you healed bodies, God. You healed emotions, and you catapult, you were catapulting people into a new destiny with you, um, even just in our time this morning. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. So Time Magazine noted back in the 1960s that there was an expert that he, he testified before a Senate subcommittee. And he was testifying a, a, about these incredible um, advances in technology and and. Um, The topic was time management and what technology was going to do with our time. And this expert forecasted that the average America in 20 years um, would only be working 22 hours a week. And that the great challenge, um, this expert said, would be figuring out to do with all the excess time. Um, Over 50 years later and all these advances in technology, um, how many people in the room are struggling with what to do with all your excess time? Just raise your hand. If you raise your hand, um, please see our connections bar because we, ha- we have stuff that you can do here at one church in the nursery and in kids' ministry and middle school ministry and high school ministry, all kind of ministry. Um, but I don't think that all the technology given us a lot of free time, has it? Let's do a pop quiz. Are you ready? We're gonna do a fill in the blank. Are you awake? Yeah. Okay, let's do a pop quiz. Are you ready? I want you to finish my sentence if you can finish my sentence. Are you ready? I'm at the end of my. Wow. I'm at my wits. I'm feeling maxed. I'm just a bundle of. Joy. Joy. Yes. After that worship set, yes. I am a bundle of joy, Pastor Mike. I'm feeling overwhelmed, not joyed, (laughs) feeling overwhelmed. So it seems that in the 2018 world of simulated Instagram perfection and the endless information array of choices, the 24-hour news cycle, never-ending entertainment options, I think the most common adjective people would use to describe their take on the world is overwhelming. It's an amazing time. We've never had more tools to manage our time. I mean, I think about it. I have this, which right now has a running clock on the service. Um, and in this, I have a calendar. And the calendar here talks to the calendar on my iPad, which talks to the calendar on my um, MacBook Air, which talks to the calendar on the computer at home, which somehow goes to the cloud. And so I know that because of the cloud and all these calendars that we're going to have tacos on Tuesday night, if you want to come over, okay, okay and pot roast on Monday, I think, but it's funny that all this technology is dedicated to me answering the question, when and where, and yet I'm still struggling to manage when and where. How many people have gotten a ding on your phone, maybe it's just me, and in 15 minutes I'm supposed to be somewhere that's more than 15 minutes away? (laughs) And you go, "Uh uh-oh, I forgot about that. So, some of the most common phrases that you hear as a pastor when you sit with people is, "Um, I'm exhausted. Um, I'm frustrated. Uh, I'm worn thin. I think it has to do with the pace of our lives, the amount of information that we take in. We read articles about, like, the CEO of Yahoo that answers 3,400 emails a day and gets four hours of sleep. So, we've got all these immense technological advantages, but I feel that it's produced a collective fatigue. Would you agree? An increasing isolation, would you agree? Yes. And a baseline dissatisfaction, where people are becoming more, um, sadly, more cynical and more critical. And I just think it's a growing cry. That really, it's a collective cry. Humanity has been crying out since Genesis three, and it echoes through the centuries. There's a yearning. There's a longing for rest. For rest. But I have good news for you if you answered all the questions on the pop quiz and that fits your life. There is good news this morning. Are you ready for the word? Say yes. yes. Let's turn in your Bibles to Matthew eleven 28. I'm going to have to talk fast today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you know me, I'm a music guy. I did music for a long time. Probably the best thing I could think of in my life other than spending time with my beautiful, amazing wife or my six kids is to sit with all of my guitar pedals and play the guitar. Got a little loop station I can loop apart and then play. I'll do that for hours and hours. I love music. And in music, there's such thing as a rest. It's a pause in the song. Sometimes just one measure, sometimes a few measures. And the rest, it, it, it brings out the dynamic of the song. It highlights the melody. It, it, it helps with the crescendo when you build and then you rest and then bam, like we did a couple times in worship, right? So that's one kind of rest. But I, I, I want to share with you this morning that there is a rest for the human soul. There's a rest for the human heart. There's an answer to the overwhelmed this morning, friends, and it's right from the heart of God. Are you ready to unpack the verses? Say, yep. I got six yeps and a yes and a a grunt. (laughs) Back in verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Write this down if you're taking notes. Everyone is invited into rest. Everyone is invited into rest says, come to me all. Look at your neighbor and say all. all. Now look the other way and say all. all. This is this getting weird or what? If you're a visitor, you're like, do they always do this? They sang for 45 minutes and now I'm yelling at people. Okay, so who's invited? All. What's the prerequisite? Did you catch it? What do you have to do to get a ticket into this rest? You have to be weary and burdened all you who are weary and burdened. So if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're maxed out, if you're exhausted, if you're one of those people that you've just been trying to satisfy your soul with like the next educational achievement, the next degree, if I just get that promotion, if we could just get into that bigger house, if we could just get married, if we could just have some kids, if we could just get rid of these kids, if we could, if we could get a boat, if we, could, if we could get that vacation house, if I could just get that next thing, Anybody who's been trying to satisfy yourself with more stuff. Everybody that's weary from trying to satisfy yourself with the American dream. Listen, it's an invitation for all of humanity, friends. All are invited. Everyone is invited into rest. So let's get specific. That means white people, black people, liberal people, conservative people, gay people, straight people, tall people, short people, Skinny people, not skinny people. People with hair, bald people. I feel like Dr. Seuss, sorry. Hipster people, not hipster people. Gen Xers, millennials, Gen Y, Gen Z, baby boomers, all people. Yes. People who never did drugs, people that did a lot of drugs. People who have never had a speeding ticket, people that have been in prison. People who grew up in church and people who have never wanted to step foot in a church and you wound up here today and you're thinking, wow, this is church. (laughs) Jesus is giving this beautiful invitation to everyone. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Everyone is invited into this rest. He said, I will give you rest. And look, there's physical rest. We know about physical rest. I will tell you probably the best rest that I can think of is the Sunday afternoon nap right? Amen. Now, we haven't had cable for about six or seven years, but when we had cable, and I got a big old TV when I got out of nursing school, because I because I wanted it. And I would come home after two or three services at, at the church we were at at the time, and I would lay on that couch, and I think we only had two kids at that time instead of six. And, and so I'd put on the game, and and like I'd turn, the, I'd turn the volume down to where it was just barely audible, and the announcer was like, wah, 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 like on Charlie Brown. But there was an anointing on his voice, and it drew me into this beautiful sleep. It was like the sleep that like God put on Adam when he pulled the rib out to make Eve, it was that kind of spiritual slumber and i would wake up like in the fourth quarter of the last game and just like roll off the couch and then eat like an animal it was beautiful it was beautiful so that there's that kind of rest but but listen there's a deeper rest friends there's a rest for the spirit a rest for the soul Jesus is inviting everyone that's, that, to, to be relieved from the pressure, relieved from the stress, from the worry, from the fear, from the guilt, from the shame about your past. This single promise of rest. For the rest for the, for the restless mind, does anybody else, like my brain sometimes is like a super highway with like 10,000 cars going the same direction and it's like, how am I gonna fix that? And I need to fix the fence in the backyard. Oh, and I think that one of our kids has a dentist appointment. Oh man, and we gotta fix this system in the church because this thing needs to be fixed. And how am I gonna do this? And then I wake up at three in the morning. Anybody, why is it three in the morning? It's three in the morning. You wake up at three in the morning and your brain, it's like you never slept. It's just going, and you can't go back to sleep. Anyone else? Yes. And you think, I just want to rest. I just need some rest. I need rest. This is beautiful this morning, friends. It's, one, it's the fulcrum of the New Testament. Jesus is making a revolutionary statement. He's saying, everybody can come, and I will give you rest. 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 And it's not if you're good enough, if you come to church enough, if you sign up for a team and you come to the prayer meeting and you pay your tithe then you just check off the boxes. It's not that, friends. No. No, it's this rest is for everyone that's tired, everyone that's worried, everyone that's heavy, burdened. And what what is the rest? What is the rest? I'm going to give you a quick snapshot. Genesis 2, 1 through 3, this is the creation story. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work. Say that with me, finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Listen, he rested because it was done. Can you say it with me? He rested because it was done. Now let's fast forward to the New Testament. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the priests in the Old Testament. And so this the writer of the Hebrews is speaking to a Jewish culture. He says, day after day, priests... Earthly priests stand and perform his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, he's talking about Jesus, the final high priest, okay, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. He rested. Why did he, why did he rest? He rested because it was done. He rested because it was done, Okay, so like there's a rest that comes. How many people in the room, you enjoy getting out and cutting the grass? Okay, nobody enjoys cutting the grass. Okay, well, I like going out there, even though right now we're paying somebody to do it, but that's another story, okay? I like getting out there and edging it up and trimming everything and like on a hot day and when you're finished, you go in, you shower off and you just kind of look at your yard and it's like satisfying because it looks good because the work is done and you've earned yourself a rest, right? What were Jesus' last words as he hung on the cross before he gave up his spirit? It is finished. He rested because it it was finished. It was done. So he went, he sat next to the Father, okay? And it says he sat and he's resting. He's there right now. He's waiting. The Bible says until his enemies are his footstool. He's waiting right now. And the Bible says in Romans that he's day and night, he's just praying for you and praying for me. So dad's right, he's right at his right side, dad's right there, and he's just saying, no, you know what? Be nice, be nice to Mrs. Validusau, she's got six kids. Mercy, God, give her mercy. He's praying for you day and night. He's resting because it's finished. So there is a rest. Listen, rest means peace with God. Rest means freedom from having to have it all figured out and do it all. Rest means access to the very presence of God. Rest means freedom from repeating the same mistakes over and over again, because those are the mistakes that your daddy and your mommy made and their grandparents made. Rest, rest. I know as I'm saying that, there's like sleep-deprived moms in the room and you're like, rest. Let me give a shout out to my wife. She hasn't had a good night's sleep in 11 years. We are on a record six baby that does not sleep through the night. She wakes up four times, five times a night, yeah. So just props to you moms, my wife, and all you moms that have been up like every night for a year and a half, rest, rest. But you ever notice a difference like in a small child what a little bit of rest will do? Like a three-year-old when it's nap time and they're like, Rah! right? Little snack, little nap, and they wake up and they're a brand new person, right? Okay, so you're in the room and you're like, listen, okay, you know what? I'm I'm everything on the pop quiz. I'm wound up tighter than a snare drum and I'm ready to explode. In fact, Pastor Mike, I'll come clean. I am exploding. I'm exploding on my spouse. I'm exploding on my kids. I'm I'm exploding on anybody that, that looks at me funny right now. And I, I need this rest. I, I need what you're talking about, Pastor Mike. What do I have to do? What, what do I have to do? What do you have to do? It said it in the first three words of the verse. Come to me. Come to me, come to me, not to social media, come to me. Come to me, not to a glass of wine and then another and then another and then another. Come to me, come to me, come to me. Not that circle of friends is just gonna drag you down in the ditch for the thousandth time because that's what they do because they're critical and they don't know God and so that's just the world they're living in and they're gonna drag you down again. Not don't go there, come to me, come to me, come to me. Whatever it is, whatever it is you've been trying to fill your joy meter, your peace meter, your, 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 your happiness meter with, instead of going there again and getting the same result, come to me. Come to me. Draw near to me. Listen, this is the greatest invitation humanity has ever received. The God that breathed out the stars and the galaxies is saying, come to me. I want to know you. I want to be close to you. I want to speak to you. Know me. Live with me. Come to me. and there's a peace, there's a rest. We got a, we got a little glimpse of that in here this morning, yes? And if you're a guest and you're wondering, like, what's that about? Like, I saw people that were, maybe they were crying, maybe there were tears streaming down their face and, and their hands were lifted and, and I didn't feel anything. And if you didn't, the, I'm just so glad you're here. It's okay. But listen, this is what that's about, okay? God has set this thing up for some reason. here you're like, you're wondering, like, why, why is the pastor up there jumping up and down? And I'll explain it, okay? I got a lot on me. I got six kids and I'm trying to pastor a church and, and, and there's pressure. And when, when, when I come into the house of God and I start singing about God being able and God being faithful and I start to jump and I start to dance, there's all the pressures and all the burdens and all the cares, they just fall off of me and I step in. I step in to rest. I step into a peace. I stepped into a peace. There was some of you that stepped up to this front and I could see there was, there was a refreshing and there was a renewing that was taking place by the, by the Spirit of God. He was giving your heart rest this morning. And I don't want you to feel like dis- if you're on the outside looking in, maybe you're new to this and you're like, well, I don't even know what's going on. You just keep coming. Just keep listening. And in time, God will open you up and you'll experience the, the rest and the peace that I'm talking about this morning. Amen. You're getting this, say yes. Everyone is invited into this rest. Let's go back to the text. Are you still awake? Say yep. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My next thought if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus will carry the weight Jesus will carry the weight. It's a revolutionary, revolutionary text. It's beautiful. So the yoke, when I think of yoke, I think of egg yolk, or man, that guy's yoked. Or I sometimes I gotta yoke up one of my boys. Heard that, okay. But listen, the yoke, this was an agricultural society and they knew what this meant. This was a harness for two ox, oxen, oxens. I'm just kidding. Two, two oxen, oxes. Okay, uh, yeah. The coffee's wearing off. All right, so the harness, the two animals would go together they, they, and it would, it would give them the, the ox power that they needed to plow a field. You're getting that visual now that I stumbled through it. So this made sense to the Jewish people and Jesus was constantly pushing up against the fact that they were under a really heavy yoke, a religious yoke, all these extra rules that the Jewish leaders had added to the law, hundreds of them, okay? And Jesus was constantly pushing up against this, okay? He said in Matthew 23, this is Jesus. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. So listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying, take my yoke upon you. And the next verse says, and learn from me. But it's so easy in the English to miss what that really means, okay? He says, learn from me. The Greek there is manthano, and it's a verb that we get mathetes. And that word, when it's broken out, is where we get disciple from. Okay, and, and th- this definition, it blew my mind. It means what disciple really means, to learn. It's to learn by inquiry, but also by use and practice. Use and practice. To acquire the habit of, to be accustomed to. It means to learn, appropriate to oneself, less through instruction and more through experience and practice. And this is the heart of the series, okay? I just want to give you a snapshot. So Jesus would encounter these people all through the Gospels. He'd say, he'd say follow me, follow me, okay? It was Jewish people that he was speaking to, okay? And in Jewish culture, little Jewish boys, they would, they would memorize the first five books of the Bible, the, 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 the Torah. They would memorize it by the time they were like in first or second grade, word for word, all right, And if you showed really great aptitude, you could go to the next level of schooling and they would learn the rest of the Old Testament that they had at that time. Okay, Word for word, they'd memorize it. And, and that's, that was your education. And the elite, the very top ones, they would get selected to go to the next level and the very elite of those could be by invitation invited to follow a rabbi. Okay, this is going somewhere. Jesus, everywhere that he went, when he burst onto the scene, Okay, at 30 years old, they called him rabbi. They called him teacher because he spoke like nobody else spoke, and he had an understanding of the word of God like nobody had ever seen. So they said, rabbi, teacher, when he's saying, come to me, these young Jewish boys, they knew what that meant. If you were invited to follow a rabbi, okay, you would live with them. You would, you, they studied their movements. If, if your rabbi spoke a certain way, you'd speak like him. If, if he, You'd take up his mannerisms. If he walked with a limp, you'd walk with a limp. Okay, so I've been watching Pastor Ron, and I'm trying to learn, like, during worship, he kind of does this sometimes, and he'll cry. If you tell him something and God's on it, he'll cry. So I'm trying to cry, and I'm trying to be like my teacher. But listen, that sounds funny, right? That they would imitate a person, but if you could get a hold of this, that what it really means to be a disciple of Jesus, that that we would follow him, that we would live with him, that we would get, he's saying, come under my yoke, get in the harness with me. If you'll walk with me, think about how close that is. That means he's leaning over, he's talking to you. And that means by the power of the Spirit, I might be able to talk like Jesus. By the power of the Spirit, I might be able to pray like Jesus. But by the power of the Spirit, I might... I might speak to situations, and blind eyes would open, and dead things would come to life. That's what's available to you and to me. If we'll follow me, if you'll will follow him, he's saying, "Come to me, come to me, and take my yoke, take my yoke, and and I will carry the weight. I'll carry the weight." He's saying, "Look, be harnessed to me. It's not restrictive." For when we were on the outside and we didn't know God we thought about church as rules and regulations you can't cuss you can't smoke you can't go to the club what else can't you do right but you find out when you when you when you're introduced to this Jesus and, and you and you and you get to know him and you experience his love that it's not about rules and regulations it's not it's about peace, and it's about joy, and it's about hope, and it's about freedom. And, and, and he changes, he changes the desires of your heart, he changes the way that you speak, he changes the way that you see the world. he's going to carry the weight. Listen to this story quickly. There was an old farmer that was plowing a team of oxen, and there was a man and his companion they were driving by. And um, the the man that was, he took notice, and he he thought it was ridiculous because he saw this really full-grown, strong uh, ox on one side, and it was this little bullard on the other side connected to him in the yoke, and he was like, this guy doesn't know what he was doing. And his friend actually stopped the car and said, he said, no, 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 you don't understand. okay. The, the bigger ox, the strong one, the experienced one, he's actually carrying all the load, and the younger one is just being broken in to get used to the yoke. It's a beautiful picture. Look, normally, it's under that harness. Both, both animals are pulling the, 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 the load equally. But when we're yoked with Jesus, he bears the load. He carries the weight, he, he shoulders all of it, and we're just there in connection with him, in relationship with him. And what that means is if we'll stay up under that thing, we'll see incredible things happen in our life. And we get to share in the victory even though he did all the work. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus will carry the weight. He'll carry the weight. Some of you are stumbling over again and again because you're trying to carry baggage of your life and your parents life and then you got into a marriage thinking that she was going to be able, like the solution or he was going to be the solution to all of your problems and now you're trying to carry her baggage and you're just buckling under the weight of it you're not even supposed to carry that he he can carry the weight he said my yoke is easy my burden is light and listen i know of what i speak i know of what i speak Six kids, one of them with some medical stuff, and trying to lead a church and trying to raise a family. I know that God's called me to pastor, and I, and and I feel the burden of it every every week. I'm calling on God, saying, God, I know you've called me to feed the people. I want the people to be fed. I want them to be refreshed. God, you got to help me. I don't have the resources. I can't create some system that's going to radically change this community for Jesus Christ. Jesus, you gotta carry the weight of this thing because I I can't carry it. Worship team, will you come? Some of you are struggling under a weight this morning. I wanna share share something with you to encourage you. It's a dream that the Lord gave me. We've been talking a lot about dreams today. but So I had this dream um, several weeks ago now and we're in this incredible hotel. It's like Donald Trump has never stayed in a hotel that's this nice. Okay, bad example, Sorry most amazing hotel ever okay beautiful beautiful and in the dream it's me it's my family and i realize i don't have i don't have the resources to pay for this room okay so there's this angst in the it was like stress in the dream they're going to figure out that i can't pay for this room Then these like alarms were going off, like over the bar, the TV's on, it says category five storm heading right your way. Everybody batting down the hatches. Then the anxiety starts really going through the roof because they're going to put us out, me and my six kids and my beautiful wife, they're going to put us out when they figure out that I can't pay for this room and we're going to be out in this storm. So I'm like freaking out in the stream. What am I going to do? Trying to hold it together, trying to like put a nice face on for my kids. Then we're sitting to eat and and. In the, it's like this incredible banquet hall with like chandeliers. It's like amazing. And these two guys come along and they want to fight me. I know. Because I, I look for trouble everywhere. You can tell that I'm just like laying people out on the regular. But no, it's real in the dream. These guys are like walking up behind me like cussing me in front of my family saying, no, 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 we're, we're going to mess you up right now. And so in the dream, it's like, okay, I don't have the resources to pay for this dream. They're gonna put us out in the middle of this storm and now I gotta fight. But I've resigned myself to it in the dream. I just shoved the chair back and stood up ready to fight and I woke up like, ah. And it's four o'clock on the dot and if you walked with the Lord for a while, you know if it's 4 a.m. and the Lord wakes you up with a dream, it's time to go sit and talk to God. So I take my Bible and I go out in my living room and the house is quiet and I sit down and I'm like, Lord, what was that? Oh, and the spirit of God, as this rest came upon me, he spoke to me so clearly. He said, stop worrying about trying to fix everything in a church and build a church. It's my church. (laughs) Wait, it gets better. I already paid for the room. The room's already paid for. Storms are gonna come. Bullies are gonna come. But I already paid for the room. A man's gift makes room for itself. And I want to breathe life into some of you. Some of you have been carrying things. You're carrying an emotional weight. You're carrying a stress, a financial pressure, um, um, an impossible situation. Maybe you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're taking care of a sick loved one. Maybe, maybe you've got a child with some special needs. Okay? Maybe you stepped into the call of God and you're fostering and it's like, oh my gosh. I I want to breathe some life into you this morning. Listen, Jesus is speaking to you this morning. I paid for it, all the rooms paid for. And if you'll just come up under this harness, if you'll come to me and you'll be with me, what he's after, friends is a closeness with you. And it's not just a 20 minute appointment in the morning. I believe what he's called me to and he's called you to is literally hour by hour, moment by moment, a turning of our heart, a turning of our attention, a turning of our focus back to him. Where there's a, Paul said, I pray without ceasing where we're praying in the spirit, where we're praying, where we're talking to him, in between interactions, throughout our day, God, I'm, I need you, God. I'm, I'm with you, God. Help me, God. Resource me. Fill me with your spirit. I belong to you, God. Where we're in constant connection with him. And that as we stay up under that yoke, up under that harness, he promised us that his burden is easy. It's light. He's saying, Come to me, be with me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. This is the God of the universe saying this. He's saying, I'm not going to make you feel stupid for your mistakes. I'm not going to make you feel small or insignificant. I'm not going to show the world your weaknesses. I didn't come to judge you, I came to save you. Jesus will carry the weight in your marriage. If there's dysfunction, Jesus will carry the weight. In your finances, if you're upside down as upside down can be, Jesus will carry the weight. You don't have to live exhausted, friends. You don't have to live overwhelmed. Listen to the heart of God this morning. If you'll stay connected to me, you'll have rest for your soul, you'll have peace. You have joy. You have me, says the Lord. <laughs> Come to me. If you're depressed this morning, if there's a prevailing darkness, God's saying, Come to me. If you're addicted, men in the room, if you're, if you're addicted to something that's on a screen and it's God, it's dark hooks in you, Jesus is saying, Come to me. If you're addicted to alcohol, It started out fun and now it's not fun anymore and you need it. Jesus is saying, come to me. If you're confused, if you're beat down, if you're scared, if you're weary, if you're tired of trying and failing, trying and failing, come to me, says the Lord, and I will give you rest, rest, close your eyes all across this room this is the invitation it's the, it's the turning point in human history The only way that God had ever approached man was through the system of the law. To give us a picture that following rules and regulations would never, ever introduce us to God. And God himself in human form came to the earth and he stood and he said, he said, I'm the answer, come to me. And that beautiful invitation from heaven is available to every person in this room and Really, there's, it's two levels this morning. The first is this. If you've never come to Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, this is your invitation this morning. It's impossible to preach these verses without giving you a chance. The things in your life that you're trying to fill your soul with will never satisfy. That thirst will never be quenched. And somehow the God of heaven orchestrated for you to be in this room today. So if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, everybody just close your eyes for a moment. We're not, the last thing we're gonna do is embarrass somebody in this place. But if you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you've heard this invitation and you've sensed something in our meeting today through the singing and through the word, you've sensed something that you say, you know what, I don't even maybe understand this all the way, but I, I, I wanna know this Jesus that you're talking about. I want this rest. I need rest for my soul. If that's you, would you just raise your hand all across the room? Or maybe you served him at one point and you're far from God right now. You made you, you made a commitment at some point to follow Jesus and your life just got off track. I've been off track. I've been my own worst enemy before. But you can have rest this morning. You can know that you know. Look, if you don't know with 100% certainty that if your life ended, you'd be with Jesus. And I know that's that's kind of a strong thing on a, Sunday at 12.30 to talk about. But if you don't know that you know that you know, you can know today. You can know for certain. So if you wanna give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand across this room. See that hand? I see that hand? Sorry, I'm squinting, these lights are blinding me. So you either wanna give your life to Jesus or or you wanna rededicate your life. This is what we're gonna do. See, families families pray together. So Team Villa de style in the morning, we kind of gather up in a circle. We call it Team Huddle, and we take hands and we pray together. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna settle this account real quick for some people that need to know this rest. We're gonna pray it together out loud so that nobody feels alone. We wanna encourage people. How many people in this room have prayed a prayer like this before? Raise your hand. It's pretty much most of the room. Okay, so if you're ready if you're ready to receive Christ, if you're ready to invite him into your life, and really everyone in the room, just to, just to encourage those that are praying, and if you're not comfortable with that, I'm, I'm just thrilled that you're here, and, and you don't feel pressure to do anything, but let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. I want this rest. I want this rest. I know I've messed up in my life. No, I've messed up in my life. And I'm asking, you to me. I'm asking you to forgive me. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my, I give you my present. And I want you to take hold of my future. You of my future. Would you make all things new? Would you be the Lord of my life? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit right now? give you my life. life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, if you pray that sincerely, that right now there's a celebration that's happening in heaven. The angels are rejoicing and singing because even one person turns their life and turns their heart to Jesus. And I'm going to ask that if you prayed that prayer, maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but you prayed it with sincerity, that at the end of our time, if you'll stop by our connections bar and just fill out a connection card, I would love to sit and have a cup of coffee with you. One of our leaders would love to sit with you and just answer your questions, help you kind of take the next step in your faith journey. But there's another call this morning. We've been refreshed by the Spirit of God, but I know that this was the word of the Lord for some people this morning. There's people coming up to me and giving me prophetic words during the worship time that all confirm, you know, if you're maxed out this morning and you're tired, the Lord is willing. He's willing to step in and meet you and heal you and refresh you. If you've been carrying something that's more than you can carry, and I'm living it, then the resources of heaven are available to you this morning. And I don't want you to leave this place without having a moment, another moment with God to be refreshed. And so I'm gonna ask everyone in this place to stand to your feet. We're gonna go in just a few minutes. I know we're a few minutes over our time. It's just a couple minutes. But for some that are so afraid, that are so tired, maybe you walked in and you thought, if I don't meet with God, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I'm out of gas. I'm at a breaking point. Then I don't want you to leave this place without receiving from the Lord. And so we're gonna worship for just a couple more minutes. And if you got a plane to catch, you know, you can go. And I bless you and your flight. But in a family, when somebody's hurting, Then families stick together, and so if you're hurting in this room, I want to open these altars for you, and I'm going to ask anybody that's on my staff, anybody that's part of our ministry team, anybody that leads a connect group, you're you're invited. If you don't need, if if you're not coming yourself, you're invited to pray. But if you need if you're max and you need a touch from God this morning, would you just come to this front? We're just going to sing for a few moments.